Hey, Lewis here. I mean, obviously it's me, right? I'm the only guy who actually runs this freaking show. Anyways, I'm here to tell you about something that I'm working on that I'm really excited about. It's not going to be ready until later this year. However, I'm going to give you the lowdown on it so you can get it for free. Here it is. I am going to be releasing a podcast monetization masterclass. I've been spending the last few months on this, building it, refining it, even training my team on how to use this with our own clients. When it is out and finally published and ready, it will be anywhere from, I'd say, $47 to $197. I'm not sure what I'm going to price it at yet, and there'll be a lot of bonuses that go with this course as well. However, the first 100 people who actually raise their hand, say they want it, and actually go through the course and give me good feedback are going to get it for free, okay? So if you want to be one of those 100 people, there will be a link to a page where you can sign up and add your name to it and your email, and then I will send you the 1.0 version of this course when it is out, all right? You'll be one of the first 100 people. Once I hit 100 people, I am shutting it off, and it will be a paid product, and that will be it, all right? So make sure if you want this course for free, be one of those 100 people because that is the only way you will be able to get it for free. All right, that is it. Now back to this episode. What is going on, my friend? Welcome back to the Podcast Domination Show. On the show today, we have a legendary copywriter. Maybe not legendary, but he's pretty damn good in his own right. Uh, <laughs> and I'm sure I'll have a fun, pretty funny Facebook DM after he hears this. But on the show today, I have a good friend of mine by the name of Joey Persia. Joey is a very talented copywriter who, like me, started off in the fitness industry, but kind of grew into a new avenue and developed a new skill and a new passion for something else. And today he helps some of the biggest fitness brands, some of the biggest fitness names, write copy that sells and generates revenue. So I wanted to bring him on the show today to talk a little bit about his book and also more more, more uh, focused, the, um, this conversation is mostly about storytelling and how he teaches people how to tell, tell stories, how he tells stories in his copy, how... He can he uses it to sell stuff, and he uses it to really um, move the needle when it comes to making money online, and and just really being able to get people to take action. Because I think what's near and dear to my heart in in marketing is that marketing and storytelling has the ability to take someone uh, who's sedentary or just not doing anything or maybe not motivated to give them a a reason and a and a call to action, something they can do. So it, it helps people take action, right? So for me, storytelling is near and dear to my heart. Um, podcasting is near and dear to my heart, near and dear to my heart because of that. So um, I want you to to take notes today, and I want you to implement some of the things Joey teaches us. Because if you can tell stories better, you can impact people. You can get them to take action. You can actually change their life. And more that's more important than the money or anything else. Uh, you know, the money will follow if you do that, trust me. So I think this is the biggest takeaway for me and the biggest skill I think you should uh, I, I encourage you to take away from this this uh, episode. So be sure to check out his book on Amazon too. It's called Why Do You Hate Money? And it is chock full of great, great um, just information on copywriting in general. So Enjoy it. Enjoy the conversation I have with Joey and be sure to say hi with hi to him on Facebook. 
type in Joey Persia, P-E-R-C-I-A, and a bald guy should show up, and that's Joey. So enjoy this episode. Now, let's get into it. Hey, welcome to the podcast Domination Show, where we help you launch, grow, monetize, and dominate the podcasting space. This is a show where we believe that if you can get attention with your podcast, you can influence someone. And if you can influence someone, you can get them to take massive action. And if you can get someone to do that, you, my friend, can dominate. I'm Luis Diaz, your host and founder of Podcast Domination, and I'm your guide. Let's go. What is going on, guys? Welcome. Welcome back. It's been a while uh, since I've talked to this our guest today. I guess you could say so, yeah. But um, I call him the bald-headed beauty. <laughs> but, uh, he's one of the, probably one of the, the mean he looks mean online i'm not gonna lie joy when i saw you online I'm like he looks like a badass but i'm <laughs> the nicest dude that you ever meet and funniest dudes ever so uh joey persia what is going on brother how you doing what's going on man thanks for uh thanks for having me I'm i know excited. this is this is kind of last minute we kind of like like oh let's do this now Really? Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> two days ago. Things get lost. <laughs> Things get lost in the inbox. They and then, indeed. Uh, it's like, oh, I saw this. Let's do this uh, in a few days. <laughs> <laughs> indeed. Like I popped them on my calendar. I'm like, oh, that's that's in two days. Okay, cool. <laughs> we'll do it. Um, but I know we've been kind of going back and forth in this for the last couple of months. Um, you had a book that came out a little while ago that um, you were nice enough to uh, to gift to me. And then I also used it inspiration for my book, which I was telling you before we, we turn on the, the camera recording um completely stole his title so if anyone sees his or his cover on his front on the front of his book you see mine they look exactly the same just different colors <laughs> he was the originator of that i'm not gonna give him all the credit um but uh yeah i really want to dive into this book um i'm never i've never been a good copywriter but i've always dreamed of being one and you are a good copywriter so for people who are looking to um, write words that sell and make money with words. Um, this is a show for you. So stick around. We're going to like talk about some funny, some fun stuff today. It's a little bit of storytelling that I think can really help your podcast. Cause I think storytelling is like a, is an art form and I think most people don't get it. So I want to learn about that. Um, but the book, the title of the book is called why do you hate money? And I'm curious as to why you chose that, uh, that title to start things off. <laughs> Yeah, so um, a, a little bit of my background in like what I do and uh, in the whole copywriting and marketing world. Like, yeah. I started in health and fitness. I was in the industry for a long time. I went to school for it. Got my undergrad and my master's in exercise science. And throughout that time, uh, so I think like most, not most people, a lot of people have a. Um, just the way they're raised and stuff, they have a lot of money blocks and stuff going on where oh, yeah. they're not comfortable with selling or, you know, they were told like, you know, money's evil and, you know, all, all that good stuff. And so I definitely had some stuff around selling that was weird for me. And uh, so going like throughout school, I was, I was so involved on the research side of things and I wanted to like be in the lab doing that type of stuff and like the scientific evidence stuff and I even in college I had uh, like professors and they, it basically drilling the same stuff into me like you know you're not a 
like you're not selling, you're not marketing, like you're a scientist. So <laughs> when I got, got out into the quote unquote real world and was training and doing all this stuff, I had um, some difficulty like doing that. I had those clients, right? My business. Yeah. And because I wasn't comfortable with it, I just, I didn't, uh, the, the biggest thing I didn't know how to communicate, like what I was able to do, like the, the value that I was able to help people with. And I was so focused on like the thing, like the thing that I was providing and why they needed yeah. this thing and why this thing was so amazing as opposed to like why they were coming to me in the first place. Right. So mm-hmm. when I was trying to build uh, my business online, um, a buddy of mine was talking about copywriting and I was like, I don't, I don't know what that is. I don't know what you're talking about. And then after turned, I'm like, Oh, it's just like the words that it's just a message Mm -hmm. Uh, words on your site or the words on your sales page or the words in your emails. So I was like, okay, I I get that. And then I was like, Oh, that's really interesting. Like you made that much money, like just by writing good copy. And I was like, I should probably learn how to do that. Right. So I asked him, like, should I take a course? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. So I took a course and then it turned into course after course and book after book and client after client. And um, <laughs> that's what I do now. <laughs> so the, the, the title of the book basically came from, it was also like, it's a little poke at like myself of, um, <laughs> of like why people don't sell, right? Or like, or why people aren't comfortable selling. And it's just like, well, why, you know, why, like, why don't you want to ask for that? Or why are you like, why won't you be, you charge that? And people like, and, and the, the, the like the backhanded response is like, is it because you hate money? So <laughs> the book is kind of like, why, like, why do you hate money? And then I, I go into some of that stuff around like the money blocks and like the selling stuff in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of the, I noticed that was a really, really big problem or reoccurring theme in health and fitness. Oh yeah. And, I think it's because a lot of people get in be- into it for one of two reasons. They either have been doing it their whole life or the other one is like, they had this crazy radical transformation where they're like on the verge of dying or just like a super fat, like really fat and then just completely changed. So they just, they come from like such a, they just want to help more people. Right. And then they think right. if like, then they're like, if, if they're helping people, then they shouldn't necessarily be paid for it. Or like, you know, they think yeah. like, this is the price that people charge for it. So like, that's what I have to charge as well. So it kind of like let all that stuff dictate their worth, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it's funny. Cause it's like a subliminal question. We kind of all ask ourselves, like not that we hate money that why more like, why are we scared of money? What, what are yeah. money blocks? We ask ourselves that, but we wouldn't say it out loud or something. So when I read the title, I was like, Oh, Oh, this is speaking yeah. to me. This is speaking to my, like the, the subconscious. Book. Oh <laughs> shit. <laughs> I have both sides, right? I have people like, Oh, it's such a great title. And I have people like, that's the stupidest fucking title ever. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, <laughs> right. I like, like it. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I, I was a fan of it since I first, like, when I first saw it. Um, there's a, there's a bit in here about storytelling and it jumped out at me because storytelling is in podcasting, at least for people listening to this, who are want to we want to be able to use it as an effective tool. Um, I think there's some scripting that comes in it. And I think storytelling and understanding how to write in a formulaic way around story is important. Um, I'm curious to ask you, how did you, coming from a research science background, how did you first learn story? How did you practice it? And kind of walk us through kind of the frameworks that you use. Yeah. So the, the framework that I have in the book um, it's a three-step framework, right? You have the book in front of you. I do. 
yeah context <laughs> gotta find the chapter now here we go uh, well anyway <laughs> as far as like learning for myself like i think the biggest thing to be aware of um is just like first how important storytelling is right and um it's it's the way like we as humans communicate and and learn and uh attract and keep attention so it's the the person around the fireplace telling the best stories is the one who has all the eyeballs on them it's not the person that's just like saying fact 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 like True. that's that's not interesting right so it's it's we get sucked into into stories so just knowing that like off the bat is it helps when you're just like okay so like stories like people are really attracted to stories we learn. Like every movie is a story. Yeah, there's no factual, I mean, documentaries, but there's still story in documentaries. I mean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all, yep, exactly. There's still stories in those. So, and the reason, one of the reasons they're so powerful is because people learn differently, right? So people yeah. learn with, um, some people learn visually, auditory, kinesthetically. So a story and, and basically painting the picture in someone else's mind or allowing right. them to imagine that it helps people learn and envision things in themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, so that just helps all that helps with like the bonding process and like the whole no like, and trust factor. So yeah, stories are, are super important. And like, it's funny. I don't have like a really famous, um, <clears throat> storytelling formula or framework is Joseph Campbell's like the hero's journey. Mm -hmm. Um, which is like, if you're not, uh, I'd say like a natural born writer or storyteller, which like I'm not, it's, right. it's weird to understand. Like it's, it's like hard to understand. And you like read it. You're like, that's a lot of steps. And like, I don't know where the meeting, the mentor comes into play. And like, <laughs> do you know all the like, steps by any chance? Cause I, I don't know the top of my head. Know. Okay. Yeah, but like I've heard it a million times too. And I'm like, heard of it i understand it but i couldn't i couldn't lay out the steps if you asked me so yeah yeah <laughs> so, uh, i usually can i don't know why i can't think it off the top of my head right now but no I, I usually can but yeah it's still like even looking at that it's there's like a lot of stuff involved but mm -hmm. like a general story is like there's a beginning there's a middle and there's an end there's yeah. like some sort of like hero or figure or person that like the story revolves around and there's like a problem in their life and they're, you know, they overcome it exactly. in some way. or they're, whether they don't do or do not, but there's like a lesson somewhere involved. So when I teach storytelling with like consulting clients and I'm working through stuff with people, um, yeah, that's the biggest thing that I try to bring out is like, hmm. there needs to be like around something. Uh, and the biggest thing is like the lesson at the end. Gotcha. And, and, and just wrapping that around. So, cause you can, if, you, if you're good at that, you can wrap anything, like anything that's happening into your life into a story that can be help you sell something. Yeah. I saw Gary V. I mean, not Gary V. Uh, Grant Cardone do this on his, on his show when he was selling the 10 X growth con, like yep. every freaking thing, like the economy is going down. You got to go to 10 X growth con that here's yeah. boom, boom, boom. And he, he has like, he uses all of this material, but it all ties back into the lesson of, Hey, get your ass to, to, to 10 X growth con. Yeah, for, for whatever reason, right? Yeah, for whatever reason. Yeah, he melted. Yep. Yeah, he had different angles. Um, and I thought that was like, I'm like, man, like he's good. <laughs> like, this is how you sell yeah. a sell an event. Um, so that because was, that's those are all like objections that someone has that it's like stopping <laughs> someone from doing something. Yeah. So it's like, all right, like this angle hits this. This angle hits this. Because some people, it's like, yeah, the um, <clears throat> the economy is collapsing, and there's other people like 
that are just like, no, the economy is great. So like, this is the best time in it. So that's why you need to come. The other ones, you know, if, if it's yeah. collapsed, like you need to know what to do when it collapses. So like, it can be the, you know, complete opposites, but it's the same. Like, yeah, you can still have this benefit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, Gary, not Gary, um, Tony Robbins angle for his latest book unshakable was the economy is going to crash. And this is the playbook you need to buy to survive it. <laughs> I was like, Oh, it's genius. <laughs> Cause I mean, well, it yeah. is. Yeah. Tony, I mean, Tony is a genius with that stuff, but that's like one of the biggest fears. Um, just for like everyone, like, yeah, or just not, not everyone, but so it, like as a, our society in general, like that's something people talk about all the time, right? It's like the economy and the economy is good, but like how long is it going to last? Is it going to be bad? You know, yeah. when's it going to crash? And remember the crash back, like they're either always living in like the past crash, yeah, mate, yeah. crash right? People right. aren't just like, yeah, this is what's happening. Yeah. And uh, I want to, it, it's funny. So like using current, using current events, I mean, in you, when you write sales copy, does that play a factor? It obviously depends on what you're selling. But um, what are some of the things you like, like questions you ask when you're working with consulting clients to help them with their copy, help them with their sales page? I think this would be applicable to a lot of podcasts as well when they're trying to find the content and try to find like the right questions to ask. More of like to come up with content or to like market? To market. Content to market? Yeah, let's just say we're trying to sell something. We're, we're trying to sell um, you know, a coaching program for $1,000. It's 90 days. And they need to write a they need to write a sales page. Now, obviously, like what I do with my sales page, I took content off of that and I used it on my show, on my podcast, made little episodes from it. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, you know, so I'm thinking big picture, like the sales page. Um, could you walk us through some of the questions you asked like that initial client? Yeah. So, and feel free to use ask me more questions, like to clarify, to follow up. Yeah. Um. So they they already have the offer clear. Yeah, yeah, they know what they're selling. They didn't need to. They need a sales page. They need to write the sales page now. Yeah. So there's some things that go into the actual like. So some people have this the thing that they want to sell, but they don't actually have their offer really clear and like how their offer is like unique or different. Right. And once you have that, then it's you know you're able to like the the copy doesn't write itself, but it's there's a lot more <laughs> angles and stuff to that you can come out with. So, and that is um, like, that is like, get, you know, lose 90 pounds in 90 days with 10 minutes of exercise a week or 10 minutes. Is that the, that, that's what we're talking about where you're saying like a hook or like the offer in, in, yeah. In like simplest terms. Yeah. The, the offer would be like, you give me this, like, yeah, say you give me a thousand. If you're saying the 90, the 90 day for like a thousand and you, you wouldn't say this to someone, but you, it would be, you give me a thousand dollars and I give you or get you this result. Gotcha. Whatever. Okay. So in, in general, yeah, that would be the general offer. Um, so really what do you want to think about is like, that's the, you know, what are from the prospect size, like what they're trying to, what are you trying to sell me? Right. And then right. The next question is like, how much is it? And like, is it worth my money and time? And then the other one is why should I believe you? And then, um, the last is like, what's in it for me. So basically when you, I have like a, an offer period, a pyramid mm -hmm. and at the bottom of the pyramid, the like strongest and one of the, the most important, like that it's a base, right? So one of the most important is it has to be relevant. So the offer, like the messaging and the problem has to be relevant to whatever it is that that person wants to solve. 
So Got it had it. to help them, like I say, escape from their hell um, or like arrive at, at their heaven. And then hmm. um, after relevant, it would be value driven. So there has to be some sort of return on investment for them. And it doesn't have to be money. It's not always, always money. It can be, it, it's basically the, what they put in, they have to get more out or yeah. at least in their eyes. Yeah, it ha- they have to get more out. So if it's, you know, if it's the energy that they're putting into like this workout or whatever, or this, this workout program, then the result that they get, which is their, you know, their they washboard pay- abs or their Titan tone, butt, whatever it is, it has yeah. to be it, in their eyes. It has to be more, um, more value driven. Got it. What's the next uh, one? The next one is unique. So that's kind of like, I think what you were talking about is something that's like a little bit different or a different angle of something uh, that, um, that's kind of like the unique mechanism. So whether it's like a trademark term or a name or like something that makes this thing different, that it's the reason, and, and they think it's the reason why they haven't got the other results before. Exactly. Um, so for an example, like I, I like to use a lot is P90X is they use muscle confusion, right? Like yeah. that was their whole thing. That was their unique mechanism. And it was like, we get you this result. And the unique mechanism was their muscle confusion, which is right. just periodization, um, which is, you know, programs do that. But gotcha. it's like, that was their unique way of doing that. And that unique, the unique hook of someone being like, Oh, yeah, that's why that's why I haven't got results. Cause like I wasn't confusing my muscles. Right. Yeah, exactly. It, it's like a justify, it justifies it for them. Like, ah, that makes sense now. Um, now with P90X in mind, what would be like they're using that framework the, of the pyramid, the offer pyramid, the bottom piece um, for P90X, the, the offer relevant relevancy. Here we go. Relevancy. Yeah. So, I mean, or that's just like, it, it, it's, it's kind of like all squish in one. So like they're, they're relevant part of his, uh, of the offer is like, it just solves their problem of wanting to get into shape. Got it. So relevant right. is like, it's two, two parts to relevancy. Like there's the person who you're selling it to, obviously the customer, potential customer. And then there's like, is it, does it solve their problem? It's yeah. It's basically like a market message. Um, match. yeah. Market okay. message offer match. Yep. That, that would be, it'd be, be relevant. Got it. And okay. The value driven side of the P90X is like, they put it, it's like, I don't remember how many, minutes a day it was or whatever right so they're like oh (laughs) if i can look like that by only doing that like 20 30 minutes a day whatever it was right like if that that's more that that's value-based yeah gotcha Um, is stuff we talked about and then the message just has to be clear so it's just like like you're talking about just super simple to understand yeah and in simplest terms you give me x and i get you or give you y and then the top of the pyramid which is a lot of people uh, not a lot of people for, forget, but believability is huge. So fitness. Yeah. Fitness. I mean, everywhere yep. too, money biz ops, like, like if you're selling courses or programs or, you know, online stuff, I think, uh, yeah, the believable factor. Yeah. Which <laughs> there's is a lot huge. Of bullshit I mean, out there. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of bullshit out there. It, I mean, you can, the, like, as far as fitness stuff is related before and afters, how, uh, proof, like, you know, pictures of proof, credibility, any of that stuff, any endorsements, yeah. um, maybe like high profile customers that you've worked with, like celebrities and stuff like that, or athletes, qualifications, like any of that gets wrapped into the believability aspect of it. Yeah. Got um, it. So yeah, those are like the five layers that I would say go into, go into that. And then if we're going to talk, uh, you, you mentioned like current events. So I don't, 
I don't like to use like, well, it depends on the current event and mm-hmm. the, the product, right? Like if you're making new sales pages and stuff all the time, it's pretty easy to, to change that stuff. Yeah. But I don't like the, to have the entire promotion or the entire offer wrapped in, wrapped around a current event. Um, because like if that current event, like, yeah, yeah exactly. Anymore, then you're kind of screwed. Right. You can't talk about, you know, what happened in 2012. If, like, yeah, oh, it, or if it's, if it's a big thing, like as far as the economy collapsing, which we talked about is like always, always a, a thought in people's mind, yeah. then that's probably okay. Right. But it's almost like a seasonal yeah. event at this time at this point. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's like but current events are like the, the smaller ones and like stuff that, you know, happens immediately. I, I, those are great for like email promotions and, and ads and stuff like that. Because yeah. they're they're immediate in that person's mind, right? Yeah. And then um, whether it's actually tied into the the sales page or the VSL, whatever it is, sometimes it can be, sometimes it doesn't have to be. But uh, if you can have like something really relevant in the news that's something else top of mind, and then that helps them get to the next step, then that's awesome as well. Got it. Um, I want to touch back on the the storytelling part and look at someone from you, what you see when people bring you in to like look at sales pages. Uh, what do you see people doing wrong in the sale? What, what are common mistakes in sales pages? And even if you listen to podcasts, like I don't know how, how much you listen to podcasts, but I hope, I assume you listen to mine, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but like even with storytelling, when you hear it, it's just like, what could they, or some, I guess some of the most common mistakes that you hear or see. Yeah. Um, so I would say some are, they're just like, they just don't tell stories. So it's just like, kind of like, they basically like, they're like in and punchline and like, it's like oh, all right. Like uh, that's it. Right. Um, so there's not really any like emotion to what they're sa- They're saying it's just facts. As far if we're looking at sales pages, I think something that's, that's common is, maybe the story is not being relevant. So someone like might just tell a story. Um, so just say this, this product was created and like, but so it's expert based, right? So it's like, yeah. there's, it's basically the guru. There's one person that is based around, but like the story they tell uh, isn't like the, the customer or the, the prospect can't relate to it at all. It's just oh, like, Oh, it's not relatable. Yeah. It's just like, Oh cool. Like that's a cool story. But like, I can't see myself doing that. Or like, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a 20, a 20 year old woman reading it from like uh, a 45 year old male. And like, he's telling his story of like this thing. And they're just like, yeah, I don't um, care Uh, about that. I have (laughs) testosterone problems. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, it, it like, you know, it's, it's, it has to fit with their, their target audience, right? Like there are obviously people get to the page who it's not relevant for, which is fine. But um, yeah, the story that they're telling has to be relevant to like the person reading it in, in some way. Yeah. And how um, do you make, like, how do you do that in terms of like what words you say? Like, I think I've seen it before, but I'm curious as to know if there's any techniques you use to make it more relatable to the customer. Yeah. I mean, one, like the first and most important thing is knowing who you're writing to. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's <laughs> assuming and then just that. thinking, yeah. Um, thinking like how they think and what they, what they say and the, the way they say things. Hmm. Um, do you have yeah, any comments on like YouTube or like, like, yeah, for sure. Look for like, look for data like that to, to, to use as ammo. Yep. Yeah. So as far as like the research side of things, like the mind reading side of things, I like to call it is, um, yeah, when you're actually, 
like figuring that out or determining who you're writing to or um, mm. how they speak and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, interviews is a really, really good way to do something. So if there was previous customers of an offer that already sold um, <clears throat> or something relatable, then actually going through and like, what made you buy and like what reservations did you have and like, you yeah. know, and, and just learning about basically like what they do in their normal life and, and their viewpoints on certain things. Are these religious people? Are they not, you know, do they think that the world is flat? <laughs> they, like, <laughs> like stuff where, um, because you think we, we hang out in like like-minded groups and circles. Right. Yeah. So if you know how to like talk to someone and the general beliefs of people, like most people generally hang out with people like who they have similar beliefs with right so just knowing that stuff from like getting an interview or like you're saying you can go to uh i don't like i think you said youtube right i said youtube yeah reddit comments at work as well quora yeah. I, I hate youtube because youtube is just a bunch of trolls <laughs> it is uh, it's wild it's wild like, west yeah <laughs> um uh, amazon reviews are really good yeah um so even if you're what I like to do is even if it's not like a book or necessarily a product, there's, there's always like a book or rel- related product on Amazon about like that topic for, for instance. Yeah. So going oh, yeah. to, to that topic and then reading through what I like to do is read through the best and like the five star and the one star reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's where you get, you, you pull some of the stuff, like the stuff that people love and the stuff that people hate. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's what goes into your copy. And then when you can like use that stuff and that's ammo for headlines, that's ammo for hooks, that's ammo for angles for emails, it's ammo for everything. Gotcha. Um, and that's the stuff where like, if you've ever written something or, or said something or shot a video on something and someone's like, oh man, like I felt like you were reading my mind or like, that's exactly how I felt. Like, yeah, that's what <laughs> Cause I like, read the Amazon comments. Yeah. <laughs> Amazon yeah, reviews. told me this. Um, <laughs> That's that's interesting. Yeah, but it also threads on. You said like Reddit and Quora are are really good as well. Yeah, for FAQs, I find that even for like when I was starting my other podcast, um, Ask the Ab Guy, I literally went to like the like six like the men's health and fitness section on Reddit, looked mm-hmm. at the FAQ, and like oh, they're all my episodes. Yeah, <laughs> I just knocked them all off. <laughs> it's just like it was great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, that's yeah. There's unlimited uh, unlimited content ideas. That. oh yeah tons and those and, and the 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 faqs are like they're mainly um they're objections right they're, right and that's just handling objections so which is like the last part of the buying process like before you even like there's so much other stuff that has to go on like the bonding and all that stuff before you even get to the point where someone's like for to, to handle objections like someone has to consider wanting to buy it something yeah. or like invest in something or, or take the next step. So before you can even like handle those objections, you need to get them to the point where they are even considering that. Mm. Um, and again, that goes like if your offer is relevant and, and you know, yeah. like ROI and, and all that stuff, then they're like, Oh, okay. Like I'm considering it. Now I have these questions. Got it. And that's, that brings me to an interesting point. When I was thinking you were saying that I was thinking of John, our friend, John Goodman. Uh, one of the things he shared with me, he shared on a podcast, but um, I think we talked about it also in person. Um, maybe we'll see to ask him. Um, he, when he was selling his, uh, I think it was a new product, the monthly, I forget what it's called MMF. Yep. Uh, he took different avatars and he interviewed each of them and he got like testimonials from like the female 
trainer and then the male trainer and then the trainer who trains who does only yoga and then like so he did all of his avatars um do you interview like that like what do you what are thoughts on that when it comes to writing a sales page or even like doing a podcast because like if you're selling something and maybe you do a couple interviews with different avatars and you put them on your show i think that's really good testimonial proof to lead up to that sale because you're hitting all the different avatars yeah so i think there's like a main like a main person or a demographic <laughs> that like yeah. in general. So like if, if you're just say writing a sales page or like a VSL, um, you're going to write to like this main person. So just in that instance, mm -hmm. like uh, a fitness professional and the yeah. fitness professional who's like, you know, growth minded and, and like, um, and that type of stuff. Whereas then there's like little subsets in each of them. So you're saying there's, there's yeah. gym owners, there's online trainers, there's, boutique studio owners, there's big, um, big like box gym owners. So there's like all those different subsets. So as far as objection right. handling, like if we're getting to like testimonials and like video proof and stuff like that, yeah, if you can have, you know, different parts from, from that, like from, from different, all those different people, because yeah. anyone that reads that page is going to be a fitness professional. Right. So then like, if they're scrolling down and they're reading then like, Oh, this person's a, a, a trainer like that does this just like right. me. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think there's like that overarching theme and then the little subsets. And so you're not writing the, the, that entire page, like around those subsets, you're writing it like to the main person, yeah. but you can have little things in there, like little triggers that kind of like, they've come fence zippers. They'd kind of just knock people off the fence. Got it. Like, oh shit. Yeah. This would work for me. Or like, oh yeah, that person like does what I do. Right. Um, I've seen so, that yeah. before. On a, yep. on a sales page. It's really good. It's like one big, you have one, they had one big video here. It was from Traffic and Funnels. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you ever heard of these guys. Traffic and yeah. Funnels. Yeah, they they're like, great. Yeah, I've, I've just recently started learning about them. So they had the one main one here and then they had all these testimonies of different jobs, different people. Like they had podcast agencies. They had like yeah. copywriters. They had gym owners. I was like, oh man, this is good. Uh, <laughs> I had to give them good credit for that. Um, I want to quickly transition over into titles. And, and how to make good headline titles, good headlines. Podcasters, I think some of them notoriously suck at it. Some of them are too good at it uh, for their own good. Like the, sh the content sucks. Like I think I'm sometimes like this, like my, my titles may be fire, but the episodes aren't as, they don't live up to the damn, they don't live up to their, what I said in the damn headline. And uh, I'm sure someone out there is like that bastard. He's right. Um, but uh, I'm, cause I, I like obsess about headlines. Yeah. One thing, like, one thing I enjoy writing is headlines. And, and titles uh do you have a, i'm sure you got frameworks for it but what are some of your go-to frameworks for writing headlines that uh convert yeah um so again it goes back to knowing like the person that you're talking to and mm -hmm. like the relevancy of their problems that they have going on so mm. just thinking in terms of like people are so i have like a, a handful of titles and bullet templates and stuff in the book that are, they all work really well, but knowing, like I said, knowing that person of yeah, like what the, the problem, like the problems that they're having and like that, that's more important. Right. So that's what mm -hmm. actually is going to make those things work. So yeah. in general, most people prefer to move, they move away from pain as opposed to like towards pleasure. So it's like when things get so bad where they're like, I can't stand this anymore. That's when they're more likely to, to take action as opposed yeah. to just being like, Oh yeah, that, that could be pretty cool. So 
pain and symptom focused stuff usually tends to work better as opposed to just like, uh, like pleasure and benefit driven stuff. So not to say like that stuff doesn't work, but as far as humans, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. Like avoiding the bad stuff is, is typically good, but yeah, man, there's like, you can Google like, you know, great headlines and like, there's plenty of frameworks to, to, to go off of. It's just like knowing those little things that go into it. Yeah. Like that, that actually make it good. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting, interesting though. Cause I think it comes back to like, for me, whether you're writing copy, whether you're writing a Facebook post, or whether you're writing, like getting ready for like a podcast, like you've got to free frame it properly. Like you were saying to speak to that one ideal customer, that one ideal person. Um, so in terms of, we kind of touched over the research process a little bit now, but what are some other things you're doing to really familiarize yourself with that listener or that person you, so you can write the copy that push them over the fence? I think the main thing like we talked about was, is the research. And like, if you, when you really want to dial something in, like one of the quickest ways to dial in an offer is to talk to people who like buy it or want to buy it. Okay. I like a coffee shop randomly. Uh, (laughs) It could be. Yeah, no, but just in general, like actually talk to them and like what's going on in their life, how they feel like, you know, like that type of stuff. So, you know, um, yeah, you know, like all the stuff that goes into it. So that's like one of the, that's like the easiest way to, to dial in an offer and like to get it up to speed, uh, as quickly as possible. You can do it with just trying that stuff and like doing your research online and being like, Oh, I think this is a good angle. Like, let, let me try this. Or you can just like skip all that and talk to the actual talk. people and be like, Oh, this is exactly what, what you want. Right. Or, you know, like, this is exactly what they want. I know this is specifically the thing and just like put it around there. So yeah, as far as, uh, research. Like, well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you can do all the research you want, but, and it's super important, but like the easiest way to speed it up is conversations and talking to people. Yeah. It makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. I think uh, I'm always advocating, like advocating, like asking your audience, like what the hell they want to hear instead of just putting out shit. Cause they'll tell you exactly what they want to hear and what they're probably with struggling with. And then you can turn that into a product or whatever it may be. Yeah. I would look in, um, into like, not only what they might say, but what they're actually doing. Right. So like people Mm. say one thing, but do others. So (laughs) I would look at it like what, what they're actually like, um, maybe like you put a podcast out, right. You're like, what was your favorite podcast? And like, these people said this thing, but then if you look at like downloads, there was one episode that people didn't even talk about that had like the most downloads. Yep. And that's, that usually comes back to like, people just not wanting to admit things, whether it's like a problem that they're having or like, because like, it's like a shot to their ego, right? Yeah. Cause it drives so much shit. So like if you also not only look at like what they're saying, but also what they're doing, like what people are commenting the most on and leaving, you know, leaving responses to or downloading. And then, uh, and then also like, Oh, I want to, I want to learn more about this or, you know, I want to do that, do that type of stuff more. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Is you look at actions and like look at actual data. I think um, when I first started, one of my biggest episodes when I was in the doing the other podcast was uh, like the testosterone episode, or like the yeah. rapid fat loss one. I'm like, oh, there you go. <laughs> People yeah. want to get more testosterone and they want to get fat, get get rid of fat fast. So, yep, not a big uh, uh, surprise there. Um, 
this this book is really really interesting. What are some of the things I guess when you were writing it? How long did it take you to write it? By the way. Oh man, I don't know. I get that question like a ten lot. days or something like that. No, <laughs> no, no, no. like ten days. <laughs> no, it took. Um, I think it was probably about like six weeks of like actual writing. I'd write wow. like a few hours in the morning or something like that. Oh wow, this is a, it's a good size book too. I mean, damn. I was going to yeah. take it to like six months. <laughs> no, it was probably like, it was probably like six. So I started writing it in August and, oh, actually the last the place I got asked was I did a career day at my wife's, at my wife's oh, school. Oh yeah, so I wanted to talk like, about, talk about like that. fourth graders and I had like each class, I was like, how long did it take you to write your book? And I'm like, what the heck guys? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I think it, I started in August and then it was, it was um, launched like I had my, my launch on December 18th, which is my birthday. And the book was finished like, I think four weeks before that. So got it. I, I think from like the initial, like starting to write and to get it edited was probably like six to eight weeks, probably like eight weeks. Dude, that's, that's, that's fast as that fast. Um, the question I did want to ask on the way there <laughs> when I stopped off at that, uh, that tangent was, um, what are some things you learned or like really kind of got clarity on when you're writing it that you think is like that really helped you you as a copywriter hmm um one things just always take longer than you think they're gonna take <laughs> um, so it's i'd sit down to write for like you know an hour or two in the morning and then it'd be like one in the afternoon i'm like what the hell happened i have like client work i gotta do <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um <laughs> So that, and then I think one thing with me is when you're, when you're actually like teaching stuff and writing about stuff and telling stories about things, uh, mm. you have to know it way better. Yeah. And it, it really helped with like getting some clarity around like the way I do things or the way I think about things as opposed to just like, cause I'm in my head a lot. So I just like do things the way I do them. Not necessarily like this is the framework that I have. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? So like, as far as storytelling, like I don't have an amazing storytelling framework. I just know like stories go like this. Right. Um, whereas I know other people like, no, this is a step and this is a step. And like, yeah, my brain doesn't really work like that. It's just kind of like learning from doing a lot and reading a lot and like just practicing. So yeah, I think the, one of the biggest things is like just getting clarity on kind of concepts, thoughts, ideas, and processes that like I, I use in my, um, my everyday awesome. stuff. <laughs> right. Uh, I was, I'm trying to think of some of the things that, uh, that were mentioned in the book that I wanted to, to really ask you about. Cause I, there's some interesting concepts in here. I'm like, man, like we definitely need to talk about that. Um, <laughs> when it comes to qualifying people on a, on a sales page mm-hmm. and even like just like the questions you ask, like, how do you qualify on a sales page? I think it, it happens with other applications, other places, but I want to go start, start there. like when you're trying to weed out the the best and the worst or like who shouldn't be here, or who should be here on this page. Yeah. I mean that usually happens like pretty organically with the stories that you're telling, the language that you're using and all that stuff. Mm. So just say, for example, like one of the, the products I'm working on right now with a client is more, he's more for like advanced and intermediate lifters, right? So yeah. you, they need to be healthy. They can't be in pain, like all that stuff. So mm-hmm. one of the ways we're like qualifying people is, is <laughs> literally like that's, 
that's the stories that we're telling. And we're also saying like, yeah, this isn't for people who like are just coming out of rehab or who, you know, who can't, can't like squat without like shooting knee pain and stuff like that. So people read that are like, Oh, it's not for me. Right. Um, so if we're talking like long form sales pages, I like to actually have, or even like application pages, right? I like to have that actual section of like, here's who, here's who this is for, here's who this is not for. <laughs> um, and sometimes yeah. you're actually qualifying, like you're actually saying in that case, you're just like, you can't do this if you have this pain, right? Uh, and then other times you're kind of like, not really disqualifying, but also being like, this, you know, th- this isn't for people who like, think this is going to magically work and they don't have to yeah. do any work, right? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> which is like, yeah, of course, I know I have to do like something. Hopefully it's less than I've done before. But <laughs> so, but there's definitely, there's, um, I think a lot of validity to doing that in its own section, right? Because mm. it just connects dots for people. Like they might be thinking that or they might see it, but if, you, if you're, if, if they read that and it's actually like, yeah, this is who it's for, this is who it's not for, like, oh yeah, cool. Yeah. It's, it um, takes all so the guessing out because I saw that thought like, maybe it is for me. Maybe he didn't mean that. Maybe yeah. he meant it this way. Yeah, yeah. So I like having that bullet point like on my application page, probably have it as well. Um, man, yeah, I, so I, if it's on an application page, you can qual- that That's a little bit different, right? Then you're qualifying with like, <clears throat> I like to think of, yeah, you're qualifying with questions so you can even know like before getting on the call. So if it's, uh, I like to think of like, if you, you had to like, uh, like Pareto principle, the applications out, like yeah. what are the most important questions that you would ask? Or basically if you had to like, there's like a group of people and you had to have your best chances of like finding your best prospects in there, your best clients in there, what questions would you ask? Mm. If it's like a reoccurring th- theme that you see with your clients. So for example, if like you're looking for podcast clients, it's like people who have like an audience of this size or people who have this offer in place already, or right. people who are in this mastermind or this group. Like if, right. if you have a reoccurring theme with your clients, you can be like, oh yeah, everyone kind of does this or has this thing and ask that question. So if you see that on the application, you're like, cool, this could be like a really good person. Got it. Whereas most people are just like, how much money are you making? And like, what do you want to make? And that's cool for like the gap and stuff, but it doesn't necessarily say the whole picture. Like someone could have a small audience and be ama- like have an amazing offer and cr- be crushing it. Whereas someone can have like hundreds of thousands of followers, like a lot of Instagram people and not make shit. Yeah. So yeah, that big time. That makes sense. Yeah. You gotta be careful of the questions you ask cause you'll get the wrong people in there. Um, I think even people, wrong people listening to your podcast, <laughs> like if you have the wrong titles or if you are telling the wrong stories, talking about the wrong shit, you're going to have the wrong people listening to your show and it's just not really going to work out for you. I've seen it happen a couple of times where they're like, yeah, it's like, it's like the language that they use, right? Like if you're constantly talking about, so if think someone's like just starting out as like a trainer, like what are the, what are the problems that they're having? If you're constantly writing like podcast titles and headlines and stuff like and content around that of like how to get your first client shit like that. And you're complaining about people not making 10, 15, 20 K a month. Like it's, it's, they have different problems. They're not worried about getting a client. These yeah. people are making like 15 K a month or they're different. They're like, they're worried about like fulfilling to more people or like, you know, Scaling. streamlining their process and systemizing stuff and like hiring other people. Like, so knowing who you're talking to or, you know, creating like a higher ticket offer off their back end, and like mm. someone at that other stage won't necessarily have, you know, they're not even thinking about that or even knowing that those are problems, right? They're just worried right. about 
So yeah, Those knowing like the language, if it's like, you know, using like broke language or like a fluent language and, yeah. and where the, where your kind of your prospect fits into or the, the people you want to be working with. Yeah. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. Um, I'm going to slow down with the emojis on my, uh, on my headline. That's for sure. So a lot of people are listening to this. There's like so many emojis now. Cause I told my assistant, like, Hey, like when you do the titles, like, just put whatever relevant emojis you feel you find fit. And, um, I like them, but I'm like, eh, it's a little too much. <laughs> it's not a little like a rainbow. On yeah, it's a lot of emojis. Yeah, I'm just like, what the hell? All right. We're not, we're killing that for April. We're not doing that. <laughs> so this title will not have emojis. Uh, <laughs> yes, it'll be the first one in a while. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man. Uh, um, I'm, I'm curious, what other questions did I not ask that you think would be helpful or things we didn't cover that we did that, uh, I didn't ask that would be helpful for the person with a podcast listening to this to figure out like, how do I get more people to listen and pay attention? Or they're writing a sales page or sales offer, any kind of thing in their social media. Um, I'm sure there's some storytelling things that probably go from, you can use in different areas. Yeah. Um, man, I don't know. I feel like we covered a lot. Uh, I agree. I, I, would, I would say thinking, so as you're doing things, um, thinking, you know, two, three steps ahead of like what's, basically what's the end result or like the, the last place you want this person to like end up and yeah. the journey or the, the things that you have to overcome to help them get to that point, whether it is price resistance, whether it's, will this work for me, whether it's whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but thinking with that in mind, and then you can kind of work backwards and be like, okay, like, you know, this might've tackled this problem or, or this expectation. Another thing um, that's super relevant with like, I have a training now I'm doing with people called, uh, magnetic money messages. And it's like the whole system of like creating content, <laughs> like emails and, and social media on like any platform that like sucks people into the, into your world and like actually gets them to buy. And, and one of the biggest pieces for making that successful is bonding. And, hmm. um, that's where like all the relevant content is great and all the problem and the symptomatic stuff is great. And like all that stuff that's under that falls under, like I call it pre-selling, which is marketing and then sales, like all that stuff's great. Right. But the bonding process happens throughout the entire thing. It even happens after the delivery of the service. Right. And that, that yeah. it's ongoing forever. Like once someone's into your world, bonding starts and it doesn't stop. Now you can either like push people, it can either push people away or suck people in. And one of the things that like allow people to do that is stories and is like, if we're expert based businesses is like just being more of like a human. So mentioning things that aren't always business related, like just things about pets and things you like and TV shows and all yeah. things that are just like in life where if you're sitting down talking to someone um, and okay. one of the, one of the biggest ones is like sports, right? If someone was like wrestled in high school and someone's like, yeah, oh, you know, when I was, I was a, like, uh, I, I wrestled in high school and someone's like, holy shit, I wrestled in high school. Like it's yeah. something that it, it immediately creates some sort of connection. Even if there's like nothing else that's like relevant, right? You're like, <laughs> oh, I did that too. And like, I did uh, martial arts like a lot when I was younger. So I was like, I've met people where I'm like, yeah, I was in thanks at O for like, you know, it was like eight years or something. Be like, holy shit. I was in uh, me too. I'm like, weird. <laughs> so that's so weird. Yeah. So like, yeah, talking about that type of stuff, it just helps with bonding. 
so much. So like throughout your marketing messages, throughout your podcast, throughout your Instagram. Yeah. 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 And it can be like offhanded stuff. It can be and again, in that course I, or in my training, I, I basically break things down into like three main buckets and stuff is like, there's super relevant, which is like your offers and very specific to like the problems yeah. and stuff. Then there's semi-relevant, which is some of the offhanded stuff as well as like, like proof and stuff like that, which is, isn't necessarily an offer or like asking someone to, to call to action or isn't it's, like directly related to, to buying you know, something like, or yeah. Yeah. And then um, the not relevant is like completely random shit that like, you know, like movie stuff and, and you know, random like puppy stuff and just right. all that other random, like completely random stuff that is like entertaining and, and like value driven or in some way. And value doesn't have to be content. Value can just be like making something laugh or smile. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So that's like the not relevant stuff, which is really important for brand building because that helps with the bonding. So yeah, the, the entertainment and that is, it's, it's really important. Like we like people who we like to talk about like our favorite movies with people. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Like talking movie quotes, like I, you know, and like, if you like the same movies with someone, there's probably a good chance that you go like, you might get along. Um, <laughs> and then there's like a ton of other stuff, but yeah, like I think that that irrelevant stuff is, is very relevant to your brand. True. And what percentage, I mean, like if you're looking at like a, posting seven days of posts what percentage of the posts would be uh that third that third bucket compared yeah, to the two i like to think of things of like it depends how frequently you're posting but probably um like you know a third in thirds so okay. it doesn't have to be like one one and one 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 and one but uh, i like to think of like that's kind of how how things are right like you don't want to make too many offers right um but you also like just don't want to post stupid fucking quotes on Facebook all the time that like are completely random that you like, you know, like, yeah, you're just asking that for like engagement. You don't actually like care about what people are saying or the answer. (laughs) So (laughs) I think that's super important as well. Yeah. Got it. That that's interesting. I always, I'm always unsure of like how much should I post about like um, putting out offers out there, Mm -hmm. you know? So, Hey, cause like sometimes we're looking for clients. Sometimes we're not like sometimes we're full and we have a waiting list and it's like, but I still want to like you like you always want to be marketing. I've I've always learned it's like you know don't stop marketing because you're busy. You know you have yeah. to keep marketing because you won't be busy very very long. Yeah. <laughs> you know like you will get dry like you know the pipeline will will die down. So it's always kind of like I'm always trying to figure out that ratio. So that's helpful. Um, being old, know I can throw some Yankee stuff in there, some like New York Giants stuff in there, and yeah, <laughs> keep it keep it relevant. Yeah. Man. So, all right. Cool, man. Very, very cool, Joey. I appreciate it. Um, it's the book. Why do you hate money? Is it is on Amazon, correct? It is on Amazon. Yeah. Okay. And I have a, a free plus shipping funnel. That's, that's pretty awesome. If you want to see how Joey writes yeah. copy, I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. So you can just go and like <laughs> see him at <laughs> that's work. It's actually not great. I, I put it, I like threw it up super quick and I'm like, I need to like actually make this good. <laughs> so, <laughs> I gotta rewrite this whole thing. Yeah. So basically like, let me see if this works. And I'm like, okay, now I actually have to make this good because I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and if you see his book and then you'll see my book when it comes out later on this month, um, you'll see the similarities, uh, <laughs> like I was saying before, but Hey, well, you know, maybe the cop, I don't think the copy will be the same. The copy will not be as good, but, um, we'll see. I might have to hit up Joey to, uh, to glance over it. So, <laughs> so we'll see. Um, 
anything else, where can people find out, get in touch with you, read your hilarious Facebook posts? Yeah. Well, I mean, if they're Facebook posts, it's on Facebook, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, Facebook, um, I have an email list, which I, I mail a few times a week with, you know, relevant stuff and not relevant stuff. And, um, I'm not looking at this. What's it called? How do you get on there? Is it? Uh, Yeah, just my, my website, joeypersia.com. And then there's a, there's a little opt-in in in there. Um, yeah. And then you can get the emails. Got it. Got it. I will make sure that's on Facebook and say like, Hey, I want to get your emails and I'm (laughs) fine. (laughs) Manual opt-in. We'll do that. (laughs) Cool. Joey, this has been fun, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Anytime, brother. Anytime. Hey, what's up? Lewis again. And I get asked this question a lot. So I wanted to answer it here for you in a unique manner. And that question is, Lewis, what exactly do you do? How do you help podcasters? What exactly do you and what does podcast domination really help with? Well, instead of me sitting here and telling you all the amazing stuff about us, I thought it'd be fun and interesting for you guys to hear what our clients are saying. So here you go. Please enjoy. Lewis literally makes my life so much easier. All I have to do is record my content. I don't have to worry about editing it. I don't have to worry about writing show notes. I don't have to create any of my graphics to promote it. He literally does everything for me. We hired Lewis to kind of help us set up podcasts and for us to put our content out and kind of grow our brand. And all I really have to say, it's been a huge success. It's been really easy. Lewis and his whole team have made the whole process easy from setting it up originally which with podcasts is kind of intimidating and there's a lot of things that if you're not really and if you don't know a lot about the platform that it's very time consuming so Lewis made all of that easy in the beginning I'm not gonna lie I was completely overwhelmed confused stressed out because I went on YouTube trying to figure out how to set up a successful podcast and actually going on YouTube, I was just bombarded by so much information that I just wanted to give up on the idea. And then I met a good friend of ours that introduced me to Lewis and we hit it off. And he just said to me, it's really, really simple. I will take care of everything for you. I think what Lewis has done for me has made it seem so painless. He has took my idea and saved me money, he saved me time and energy. And more importantly, he's made my Persistence Factor podcast sound professional. Well, I hope you enjoyed those sound bites as much as I enjoyed putting them together. (laughs) If you have any questions about how we can help you grow, launch, or further your podcasting efforts, feel free to reach out to me at lewis at podcast domination, or you can reach out to my team and ask them some questions. Hello at podcastdomination.co. Both are .co. Just make sure that's, uh, keep that in mind. Anyways, I'll see you on the next episode. And until next time, keep dominating.